Okay, the results are in on what you want to see at the 2028 Olympics in LA. Okay, you ready? Cricket, 43%. Nice. Lacrosse, a close competitor at 38%. Baseball, don't want to hear about it, 5%. So cricket is the winner. I think we're just a bunch of glory hunting Kiwis that think that we might have a chance with that one. I'm interested by that lacrosse yeah. vote. That's an interesting, I mean, 38 to 43, there's not much in it. Because, of course, we also asked what people, if they didn't want either of those three, what else they'd want to see, got possibly the greatest suggestion of okay. all time, baking. <laughs> the great Olympic bake-off is what Catherine wants to see. And I'm not mad about it, but only, only if it's done in the style of speed cooking from late night big breakfast, Lee Hart. Tell you what, if you are ever in a bad mood or not feeling great, watching a clip of that will get you belly laughing. Tried and tested here. Oh, note that down. All right, kia ora. This is Newsable. I'm Jess. And I'm Imogen, and this is what's worth talking about. As the crisis in the Middle East escalates, those living in Gaza struggle under retaliatory attacks and a total blockade. Early voting is way behind where it was last election. Are we just keeping our powder dry until Saturday? Lady frogs have learned to play dead to avoid unwanted attention from male frogs. What a sentence. And an Avo update, is there a cereal avocado eater taking their own food to cafes in Wellington? Find out soon. (laughs) We've got all that coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz slash support. The news and social media has been flooded this week with images of the devastation in Israel, but attention is beginning to turn to the violence unfolding on the Gaza Strip, one of the world's most densely populated and impoverished strips of land. Following the deadly attacks by Hamas at the weekend, Israel ordered a siege on the Gaza Strip, warning there would be no electricity, no food, no fuel for more than two million Palestinians living there. And all that means it's much harder to get a gauge of the situation as Israel continues its retaliation. We're joined now by Leon Goldsmith, who works on Middle Eastern politics at the University of Otago, who has just returned from visiting the borders of Gaza, the West Bank and Lebanon. Leon, thank you so much for joining us on Usable. Most welcome. What did you learn about life in Gaza while you were there? Yeah, I wasn't fortunate enough to be able to cross over the, uh, in the Israel Gate and into uh, Gaza City. But it was my first trip to the Gaza envelope, which is what the Israelis call the area around the Gaza Strip. I think our life there is largely uh, made up of small communities and kibbutz. Um, There's the two major cities there. It's quite stark in terms of the way that you have almost New Zealand-like landscape in, in, in parts. Yeah, it's very green. You have a lot of agriculture. You have a lot of uh, trees. Of course, it's got a you know an arid base to it, but what that creates is a stark contrast between this kind of bucolic lifestyle of people living in kibbutz and in those communities, and the people living literally hundred meters away on the other side of that perimeter, which is as you mentioned, starved of uh, basic infrastructure, electricity, which is basically rationed on a daily basis, water resources. So you have agriculture with sort of like Canterbury Plains type irrigation happening on one side of the fence and on the other side of the fence they barely have drinking water. There's a high security environment. 
that people are living in between rocket attacks, living quite normal lives. What about Israelis living nearby, Leon? Did you get a sense of how they felt living there? It's a difficult decision to live there. They're quite a stoic bunch. They're obviously concerned about the quite frequent rocket attacks that were happening up until this latest uh, conflagration. And so that has quite a, a traumatic effect on them mentally. But of course, I think that the, that the effect of that is even further compounded on the other side of their fence as well. So everyone living within this perimeter is living in a state of permanent kind of anxiety. Leon, just how hard is it for people to evacuate both Gaza, but also the areas of Israel bordering it, the Gaza envelope? I mean, so you could be in the Gaza envelope and back in Jerusalem in less than an hour and a half. Sure. You can be out of there quite quickly, and I'm sure that's what's happened in many cases. So some of the residents were trapped because there were infiltrators that Hamas fighters had gone beyond their towns and into their towns. So some were trapped for some time, but they're not certainly not trapped once they're able to get to their cars, get in military um, support and get back to Tel Aviv or Jerusalem, it's it's very straightforward. But for Gaza residents, there's nowhere to go. There is nowhere to go. And you're at the mercy of the Egyptian and the uh, Israeli military security apparatus. And also, they have to remember, a lot of these people inside Gaza City are at the mercy of Hamas as well, which is a quite a brutal uh, regime in its own right a complicated uh, history and series of events. What is the one thing that you want people to try and understand about what is playing out right now? Well, well I think, you know, it is very, very, very complicated. And I think that we tend to only focus on this when we have these kind of schlerums. But, mm. but the situation is permanent and ongoing to the people that are involved in this. I think that really... We have to look at the wider perspective, and that's looking at the way that the Palestinian issue is manipulated and instrumentalized by governments all around the region, including the Israeli government. They have their agenda, especially this very hard right-wing coalition government that we have at the moment, um, probably the most right-wing government that they've ever had in their 75-year history. They have an agenda of trying to create a pretext or, or an environment where they can actually push towards what some of them within their government are calling the decisive plan. And what that means is that if you talk to people in the West Bank who you know the settlers in the West Bank, that you ask them, and I did ask them this question, where is the border of Israel? And they say at the um, Jordan River. So basically all the way, uh, Palestine ceases to exist. But we have to think about the wider picture, which is Iran, what are Iran's interest at this given time? How did Egypt allow this to happen? Why would they let this happen? So all of these things have to be taken into account. It's impossible to isolate uh, just that one sort of concentrated conflict in the Gaza. You have to look at all of the factors that play into it. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to chat us all through that, Leon. We could talk to you for a lot longer, but uh, appreciate the time that you've been able to give us. Most welcome. Thank you very much. I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues. You don't want to be held to account well, no, on I, I, rising child no, abuse numbers. You can manipulate crime statistics. I, I promised I wouldn't have a tattoo about gotcha journalism. Hang into the National Party's no, attack line there. No, that, I think Chris, it would be a resignation offence.
if I didn't deliver tax reduction. Yeah, yeah we're, I'm not worried about it at all. Nothing iffy in there, that sits with you perfectly fine. That's what, we're, that's what we're focused on. Whatever happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts. It's time again for Is It Cake? Round 2. This time, it's my turn. Can I make Emmo feel quite as dumb as I felt last week? Well, fingers crossed. Head to our Insta page where you'll see two headlines there for you to choose from. One is real, one is fake. Can you decide? Get your votes in. Search for Newsable NZ on Insta. So early voting in the general election has now been underway for almost two weeks. And of course, the big day is just a couple of sleeps away, election day this Saturday. But how is it all tracking, better or worse than elections in recent times? Well, to bring us up to speed, we're joined by Anusha Gula from the Electoral Commission, who is the Commission's Deputy Chief Executive Operations. Kia ora, welcome to Newsable. Thank you. Anusha, how is early voting going? I think it's tracking the same as it did in 2017, because 2020 was an unusual year for us with COVID and the logistics were slightly different, but I think it's tracking much better than 2017. You've tried a few new places this year as well for polling booths, uh, malls, the warehouse, marae, masks, any sign of how that tack is going? Uh, we've received some really positive feedback on the Kopapa Māori voting places where Māori could feel comfortable having assistance in te reo and talking them through the process. We've also had quite positive feedback about voting in supermarkets and uh, warehouses. It's where people go over the weekend. Mm. So over the weekend, they were particularly busy places to vote. Do we have any information about how things are going regionally? Which which place in the country is the most engaged so far? I think because there's more populations in the big cities, we have higher turnouts in the big cities. I was looking forward some, to some niche <laughs> town blowing us all out of the New water. Plymouth loves an early vote. <laughs> no. uh, Anusha, can people still turn out if for some reason they haven't registered, they haven't got their voting card? What's the go? Absolutely. You can enrol and vote right up till Saturday, 7pm. So if you're not enrolled, you can still turn up and enrol and vote at the same time. What do you need to enrol? What do you need to take with you if that's the case? If you have a driver's license or you've got a real me identity, you could do it online as well or a passport. How many voting places are there across the country? Uh, we have 800 advanced voting that's currently open. And on election day, there'll be 2,300 voting places open till 7pm. Anosha, will you be bringing back the stickers in 2026? We will look at that. We've got a lot of feedback on the stickers. Come on, give us an answer. (laughs) Anosha Gula from the Electoral Commission, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Now, there's still a significant chunk I think around 10%, it is significant, of undecided voters. And we get it. Look, there's a lot of noise, a lot of promises, a lot of choice if you're one of those people who does not have a clear idea of which way you swing. So if that is you, there are some media companies offering great online tools. There is Vote Compass, there is Policy.nz, which are essentially just quizzes that you can go to and vote or choose different policies that kind of resonate with you. And then based on your results, they'll suggest a party that you are most aligned with to help make up your mind. I use them. 
We use them. Yep. They're fun. I love a quiz. They're there. I love people <laughs> asking my opinions I know. on things. I love it. Feels uh, like you're completing your task. So if you do need a bit of guidance before you cast your vote, do check them out. Vote Compass or policy.nz. We have an update on Avocado Gate slash bringing your own food to a restaurant gate. You do not want to miss this. And to make sure you never miss a newsable thing, chuck us a like and a follow on your favourite podcast platform. And while you're there, you are more than welcome to leave a review. It's an option. Only if they're good. Now, what I'm about to tell you sounds very funny, ha-ha, but it's also very, very interesting. Did Taylor Swift go to another American football game and I've missed it? That's not where I'm going with this, but look, we almost made it through a full week without you mentioning her, so I'm proud of you. No. Well, what I'm actually going to tell you is according to new research, get this, female frogs fake their own deaths to avoid unwanted attention from boy frogs. Girl frogs sound dramatic, but I'm here for it. I love this. Tell me more. Well, it actually sounds like male frogs are the problem and they might not be able to take a hint because come spring, when you're a frog... Boy frogs get so, I'm going to say, excited uh-huh. that they uh, pile on to their potential lady friends with such ferocity that the girlfriends drown or might drown. I'm, lo- I'm lost for words. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Who would want to be a lady frog knowing that come spring your potential lover could accidentally drown you? I'd be pretending to be dead as well. <laughs> well, there you go. So that's why uh, they've got a few tricks that they've developed that they can kind of play to get away from the male frogs. And a new study in the Journal of Royal Society Open Science. I've name-checked them because this is so good that it might make for some good bedtime reading and I want to make sure I'm across <laughs> it. Um, so their options are, if you're a lady frog, you can use evasive manoeuvres to flip the boy frogs off you and into the water. Is that like I can picture, you know, in the movies where uh, if someone, like a dude grabs a girl on the shoulder and the chick like, oh, what bam! <laughs> Maybe that's the frog version, flips them over. Something like that. They can disguise their identities so that they seem like male frogs. Now, this, Love this. This is very impressive. So they make the noise that a male frog would make when another male frog has accidentally tried to mate with them. So they've been like, no, no, I'm a boy. I'm a boy. You don't want me. Brilliant. The male frog hops away. And then the last one we obviously mentioned, sometimes they even fake their own deaths. And once the male frog kind of gives up and bears like, oh, well, that one's dead. I'll find another one. Miraculously, the lady frog revives herself and she hops away. Annoyingly, because, you know, we can't get into the minds of frogs, we Uh, don't know if they're actually doing this on purpose or not, the lady frogs, but being a lady myself, I can imagine they probably are. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, the result to a human eye is that the frogs, excuse my pun, have croaked. Um, big slay from the lady frogs. I love it. I I love this. I feel like I say this every time we talk about animals, and I say that sentence as well every time. Lady frogs, new favourite animal. Go lady frogs. Big up the lady frogs. I'm still picturing them going, wha-bam! (laughs) Wha-bam! I was going to try it. Well, not that I ever need to because you know, I'm happily coupled up, but if anyone ever tries to approach me, I'd be like, sorry, I'm a man. <laughs> I'm going to bring back the taking your own avocado to a restaurant chat we had earlier this week. That's coming back, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. So you're referring to your yarn from your days in hospital when someone brought their own half an avocado in to have with their breakfast. I'm so glad this happened to you because we've got a lot of mileage out of the story this week. <laughs> On a mileage. Uh, I am talking about that yarn. We got a DM on the old Instagram from someone asking where and when my yarn was from because they too had witnessed not only someone bringing their own food to a restaurant, 
but someone BYOing an avocado. Oh my gosh. To have with some bread. Oh my gosh. Is this the same place that you were talking about? No, different place, different time okay. as well. And for privacy reasons, no locations, all dates will be shared. It's weird, right? Another avocado at a restaurant situation. Yeah, I think it just says a lot about the price of avos, right? Or at least the price to add an avo to your breakfast. I think it says a lot of things. Uh, but also, I love it when people get in touch with their yarns. Point proven, it's on the pod. So please keep them coming. <laughs> uh, remember to head to our Instagram page to vote for Is It Cake? That is newsable for today. I'm Imogen Wells. I'm Jessica McCarthy. Yes, remember, check out Is It Cake? Can you get it right this week like you did last week? We will see you on Friday. Newsable. News that's worth talking about. If you liked it and reckon it's also worth supporting, please make a contribution at stuff.co.nz support. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts.